0: share a story with you guys. Um, Back when I was in high school, uh, my youth group, the church I went to, we did a little sort of a Super Bowl party sort of thing. And at halftime, they had a speaker come and share some stuff with us. And this speaker was a military veteran. And I don't remember a lot about what he said, to be honest with you guys. It was a really long time ago. But I do remember that he was talking about what our culture admires. And he was talking about how he had friends that died in war that were American heroes. They died for their country, they gave their life, they were good people. And he said, There's a lot of good people whose names that we do not know, and there's kind of a lot of bad people whose names we do know. We live in a culture that praises wickedness. If we're being honest, like we're, we're, we live in a culture that praises things that uh, are the opposite of the good things that God wants for our life. And that's not really like a great thing, right? And what we're looking at today is that we see in the time that Jesus lived, the wicked were praised and sometimes even lived prosperous lives while the righteous perished. That happens sometimes in our world. Sometimes people who are just like really mean. Sometimes people who really hate God and hate others live rich, what we call quote-unquote prosperous lives, while the people who are righteous and godly perish. People in their sin prefer wickedness to righteousness. In our sin, we prefer wickedness to righteousness. And sometimes we prefer to admire or look up to people or feel jealous of people who are really far from God and are not people that we should be jealous of rather than people who are close to God. And the reason why I bring that up is because this happened to Jesus, okay? there is an opportunity where Jesus could have been set free after he was captured. I'm gonna kinda carry you guys up to the story, but there's an opportunity where Jesus could have been set free. We know Jesus was innocent and there's a criminal named Barabbas. Everybody say Barabbas. Barabbas. There you go, good job. So there's a criminal named Barabbas That the people could choose, are you going to set Jesus free? Or are you going to set this criminal Barabbas free? And rather than choose Jesus, they chose Barabbas, who was a notorious wicked criminal. So just like our culture today, back in Jesus' day, they praised and they admired wicked people rather than the righteous. But today we're looking at the story of Pilate in that time, who made the decision to crucify Jesus. Jesus, Here's the main point of the message tonight, okay? Here's the main point. What you choose determines what you lose. What you choose determines what you lose. Now, this is true in lots of areas of life. Let me just give you an example, right? If you choose to mess around with your friends or go on your phone, like when we're talking about God and stuff, then you lose the opportunity to hear the message God has for you. If you choose to uh, not study and sleep in or be lazy and just go hang out with your friends rather than do your homework, then you lose the opportunity to get a good grade in your class, right? If you choose to not eat healthy, then you lose the opportunity to be a healthy person, to feel great, things like that. So what you choose determines what you lose. And now here, Pilate has a choice to choose Jesus The people have a choice to choose Jesus or to choose Barabbas. Now I'm going to catch you guys up with a story. If you guys just heard that song, Friday is Good Because Sunday is Coming, to some of you guys, maybe that song sounded like a little bit weird. Maybe you were like, what's this? talking about women coming to a tomb. His friend betrays him with a kiss. Like, what's that story? Well, that song's telling the story of everything that led up to Jesus being crucified and rising from the dead. And that's the story that we've been talking about in our series, Plot Twist. Because the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the greatest plot twist in human history. And if you're willing to listen, and if you're willing to hear what God has to say to you tonight, it could be the plot twist that is the biggest plot twist in your entire life as well. So I'm going to catch us up really quick. Last week, Jesus was being tried by the priests. So these are the religious Leaders, they rejected Jesus as being the Son of God. And after this, the priests take Jesus to Pilate. Pilate was like the Roman governor in that area. They take him to Pilate to be judged. But while Jesus was being taken to Pilate, another thing was happening. Judas was his close friend who betrayed him. And Judas found out that Jesus was going to be killed and Judas felt guilty for that. And so Judas takes the money that he was given to betray Jesus and he goes back into the temple and he throws it on the ground and says, I don't want this. Uh, Jesus is innocent and the priests and stuff were like, well, I mean, you asked for this, man. And he ran away and Judas hung himself. He committed suicide. And he did it because he felt so guilty for what he had done. That's another scene that's taking place. At the same time, the next morning after Jesus was tried and trialed by the priest, that's what we talked about last week, the next morning there is a trial where he is brought to Pilate. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, you have said it. The Jewish leaders were spewing out accusations against Jesus. Jesus was silent to all of them, like that song says that we just sang, like a lamb before its shears is silent. Jesus was silent before his accusers. So that picks up the story a little bit to where we are tonight, okay? So, we're in Matthew chapter 27, starting out in verse 15. This is what the Word of God says. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked him, which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. So every Passover, that's the, the thing that we talked about Um a few weeks ago, Passover was this celebration that they had to celebrate how God had set them free from slavery in Egypt. And so they have this big festival every single year. Real quick, everybody name out your favorite festival or holiday that you celebrate every single year. One, two, three, go. Okay, I heard somebody said sugar? I heard something that said sound like sugar. I don't know. Maybe it's just the mixture of everything. Sugar is great though. We maybe have sugar at a lot of different... I mean, Halloween's obviously kind of like a holiday just for sugar, right? But Passover was this holiday that they celebrated. And as kind of like a way to, I don't know, be in good sights with the people. The governor would give away a prisoner at this holiday. And he presented before them two prisoners. One was Jesus and one was Barabbas. It says he was a notorious criminal barabbas led a revolt against the government got a bunch of people to come and try to revolt against the governance so he really was guilty he really was a criminal but jesus as we're going to talk about was innocent barabbas and jesus one of them would be pardoned and forgiven the other one would be condemned one of them would be set free the other one would be tortured and crucified Pilate knew that Jesus was called the Messiah. He said, Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Pilate knew that Jesus was an innocent man. And Pilate had several voices telling him what to do with Jesus. The first one is the voice of reason. Everybody say reason. Reason. Man, that was weak. Everybody say reason. 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 All right, what do you guys think? What does it mean to reason? Use your head. Use your head, right? Think logically. Right? I guess it could be, you could say negotiate as well, but it's to think logically, right? So Pilate, it says here that Pilate knew that the priests, the religious leaders arrested Jesus out of envy. He could see that. He could reason within his own mind and see that Jesus was innocent because these religious leaders were just jealous of Jesus and that's why they wanted him to be killed. So he had the voice of reason telling him what to do with jesus did you know that we have the voice of reason we have reasons to believe the bible is true we have reasons i mean the bible is archaeologically true scientifically true historically true it is based on eyewitness accounts we have lots of reasons to believe the Bible is true. We have lots of reasons to believe that God created everything. If you don't have a reason right now, you can just look at your own hand and your own fingerprint. There's no fingerprint like it in the entire world. You are not a coincidence. God made you on purpose for a purpose. We have reasons to be Christian. We have reasons to choose Jesus. And Pilate had reasons to choose Jesus in this moment. He had the voice of reason, but he chooses to reject the voice of Jesus. And because he chose to reject the voice of Jesus, he loses the voice of reason. I mean, the voice of, I confused myself there. Because he rejects the voice of reason, he loses reason. He has to throw all reason and logic out the window to reject Jesus. What you choose determines what you lose. The second voice was the voice of a loved one. His wife had a dream and said, leave Jesus alone. God somehow showed Pilate's life that Jesus was innocent. She said, look, you don't want to mess with this guy. He is an innocent man. And Pilate ignores his wife. Now, ladies, does that go very well if your future husband or boyfriend or whatever ignores you? That's probably not like a pleasant thing, right? Pilate ignores the voice of the loved one that is telling him, Don't reject Jesus in this way. Don't choose Jesus to be the one crucified. He ignores the voice of the loved one. Have you ever had a loved one tell you about Jesus? Have you ever had a loved one in your family? I don't know if grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, cousin, uncle, brother, friend, maybe a leader, teacher, I don't know who, who it could be, but have you had anyone in your life that you know cares about you, that you know loves you? tell you about Jesus? Have you listened to their voice? Have you listened to the voice of the loved one telling you about Him? I love you guys. I may not know all of you and everything about you, but I'm here because I love you guys. And so listen to my voice. I'm telling you about Jesus. But Pilate does not listen to the voice of his loved one. You can listen to loved ones who are pointing you to God or you can reject them. So he rejects Jesus and he throws out the voice of his loved one. The third voice, so the first voice was the voice of what? Reason. The second voice was the voice of who? His loved one. The third voice was the voice of Jesus himself. Now Jesus told Pilate, yes, I am the king of the Jews, but more than that, in the Gospel of John, Sorry, in the Gospel of John, chapter 18, we see more details to this story. The way that these different books of the Bibles work is like they're different eyewitness accounts. So they'll share different details of the story. It's like if all of us saw a car accident, you may see one angle of it. I may see another. And when we put all the different eyewitness testimonies together, we come up with a story of what actually happened, right? So that's kind of how the Bible works. So later on in John's gospel, we see this same story. Jesus talking with Pilate, John 18, 36. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king. Jesus responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say Is truth. And this actually echoes what Jesus said earlier in John, I am the way, I am the what? Truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pilate heard the very voice of Jesus literally talking to him, saying, like, I'm the king. My kingdom's not of this world. And you might be thinking, Well, so I hear the voice of reason, and I can see maybe there's logical reasons to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I can hear the voice of my loved ones. I can hear the voice of you tonight. And, and maybe there's reasons to believe from the voice of a loved one that Jesus is the Messiah. But I don't hear the voice of Jesus. My answer would be, yes, you do. You do hear the voice of Jesus. I'm reading it to you right now. This is God's word. The Bible is God breathed. God has a message for you tonight. I don't believe it's a coincidence that you are here tonight. It's not a coincidence. Whether you've been coming here for a long time or this is your first time, God wanted you here to give you this message from his word. So tonight you hear the voice of Christ as well. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We got some feedback coming through somewhere. So He said, my sheep hear my voice. Let's move on to Matthew 27. Stop your It's It's all good. All right, I'll just go old school Baptist preacher mode. All right, (laughs) let's go. So here's the deal. This is probably better for this part of the message, anyways. Let's just turn it off, Rick. Turn it off. Turn it off. All right. So, no, we're not done. Matthew 27, verse 20 through 23. Okay, we're moving on here. Let's just put it on mute. So here's what it is. Uh, my pages are flying everywhere. It's all good. All right. Matthew 27, 20 through 23. If you've been zoning out this whole time, this is the good part. We're we'll getting to the good parts. All right? Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again. Which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Let's try that right now. So Pilate says, which of these two do you want me to release to you? And the crowd shouted back, Barabbas. That's probably what they sound like, but maybe a little more angry. All right, imagine like your little brother or your little sister just woke you up. Okay, here it is. Uh, I lost my spot. Hold on. The governor asked again, which of these two... Do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back. There you go. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus? This is a key turning point right here. This is the plot twist. What should I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? And they shouted back, crucify him. They shouted back, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? Again, they're throwing out the voice of reason. The mob roared even louder, crucify him. The priests, the religious leaders that were jealous of Jesus, they they, they rejected him as the son of God, as the Messiah. They riled up the crowd to just say one message, crucify him. Give us Barabbas Instead, this notorious criminal, crucify the innocent man and save Barabbas. The people in the crowd followed the voice of the false teachers. Now, I mentioned this last week in more detail. I'm going to talk about briefly this week. There are false teachers everywhere. Every single day of your life, you encounter false teaching. Every single day. Every single day, whether that be on your phone, whether that be on some show you're watching, whether that be what your friends say, people are telling you things that are not true. Hey man, try this over here. It's going to be fun. Later on, you feel shame, you feel regret. There are false teachings out there. People telling you lies that are going to lead you away from God's good plan for your life. And that's why we need to know the word. We need to know the truth about Jesus so we can follow the true path, the good path that God has for us. There are false teachers everywhere. The word of God is true and it will stand strong against any accusation it has for thousands of years. It will for thousands of more years till the end of time. If you choose to follow false teaching, what was the first point at the beginning? Whatever you choose determines what you lose. If you choose to follow that false teaching, that you're hearing that you know goes against God's will for your life, what do you lose? You lose God's good plan for your life in ways when you, when you choose that. Of course, there's redemption. We're going to talk about that. But you lose the opportunity to follow God in that moment. I have a question for you guys. The crowd was riled up by false teaching. Every day you guys go to school, like just living in our world today, people around you are obsessed with false teaching. They're obsessed with just living for the moment now. They're not, they're not trying to live a godly life. They're not trying to live for Jesus. They're obsessed with all these things. They are chanting, crucify him. And my question is, when the crowd at your school is chanting crucify him, will you stand for truth? Yes. Will you stand for truth on the word of God? Will you stand for truth and follow Jesus? When the crowd says, "Believe whatever you want, it doesn't matter. Be your own God. Follow your path. Be your own king. Follow your own lusts. Will you stand strong and say, "No, Jesus is Lord." Yes. When everyone else is following the false teachers on the path of destruction, will you stay on God's path for your life? Pilate asked the crowd, "Who should I choose?" Who should I choose? What you choose determines what you lose. You can choose Jesus. And maybe choosing Jesus means you lose popularity. Maybe that's what it means. Or you could choose popularity and lose Jesus. You could. You could choose your lust. You could choose your lying. You could choose your sin. You could say, I don't ever want to change. I don't ever want to repent and turn around and give my life to God. You could choose that, but then you lose the opportunity to be in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You lose the opportunity to repent, to lay everything at the foot of the cross, to receive God's grace and God's love and God's forgiveness for your life. You can choose to rely on your own goodness or you can lose your goodness and cast everything and all your hope on Christ. You can choose to live a life based on temporal things or you can choose to live a life focused on eternal things that God has for you. Because temporal things won't fill your heart because you are an eternal being. You're going to live forever. Somewhere, Whether that's in heaven or in hell, you were created for eternity, and so the temporal stuff of earth isn't going to satisfy you. You made to be satisfied by an eternal God. When my grandpa passed away, um, it was my freshman year in high school, and my grandpa knew he was going to die. He had leukemia, and he knew he was going to die, so he actually planned his own funeral. He had like a year or so, year and a half to do it. And he planned his own funeral and he made like a the brochure thing that you see at funerals and he put a quote from himself. And it's pretty cool, but I'll tell you what the quote said. He said, If you forget about me or lose memory of me, you have forgotten very little. But if you forget about Jesus, you have lost everything. What you choose determines what you lose. Do you know Jesus? If you were to die today, would, would you leave a legacy? Like, what are you talking about legacy? I'm 13 years old, I'm 14 years old. You can leave a legacy. Would you leave a legacy of people that you impacted in your life in a positive way and say, This person introduced me to Jesus. This person put eternal hope and eternal love in my heart because they knew Jesus and they inspired me to grow in that way. If you forget Jesus, you've lost everything. Pilate did not listen to the voice of reason. Pilate did not listen to the voice of his loved one. Pilate did not listen to the voice of Jesus. He listened to the voice of the crowd and he chose to do the wrong thing because he was afraid of the crowd. You know, the, the TV show, The Chosen, at the beginning of the show, like the, what do you call that? Like the, like the theme song? You know what I'm talking about? Where he says, like, skip intro. Okay? At that part, there's a bunch of fish. And the fish are swimming in a circle. And they're all like this one color. And then one of the fish, little fishies, turns around. And it changes color. And it starts going the opposite way that all the other fishes are going and then some of the fish that are going the way of the crowd they see that little fish he turned around and they're like oh i'm gonna do that too so then they turn around and gradually more and more of the fish are turning around and going the opposite way look it's so easy to go with the crowd to go with the majority for all of time and for all the future time until jesus comes back the majority will always be not going on God's path for our lives. To turn from your sin, to repent, to trust in Jesus is to go the opposite way of the current. It's easy to go with the crowd. You can go with the crowd, but if you go with the crowd, you lose the opportunity to go with Jesus. Because if you're gonna go with Jesus, you can't go with the crowd. Pilate, he went with the crowd. It said he was afraid of the crowd. He was afraid of other people's opinions of him. So he chose to kill an innocent man because of that. You guys, I know when you're in middle school and high school, I know that it's so hard to not think about people's opinions of you. I know that it's so hard to not go with the crowd. But Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth losing, going with the crowd. Paul says, I count all things as loss that I may gain Christ. He is worth more than that. And you're not going to know that until you try it. You're not going to know that until you try it. I just went off my notes, so I'm going to go back. Matthew 27, 24 through 26. All right, let's pick it up here. Matthew 27, 24 through 26. I'm landing the plane here. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death, we and all our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers. To be crucified Pilate says I am innocent as simultaneously he's sending an innocent man to be whipped with what they did is they would put glass shards and pieces of metal on the end of this whip that would cut you so they they would whip you and it would tear off your skin And then he whipped you again and again and again. So he sends this innocent man, Jesus, to be whipped in this way, to be crucified after. Pilate is not innocent. He says he is innocent. He says he is neutral, but he is not innocent. The priests are not innocent. They are the false teachers. The people are not innocent because they listen to the false teachers and chant,ed crucify him. Sometimes we think, well, everyone else is doing it, so maybe it's not that bad, I'm not that bad of a person. No, we are all sinners. We are all messed up. We all need grace, we all need forgiveness. We can't just say, I'm innocent, like Pilate. We have to take ownership of what we've done wrong. You cannot be neutral. Pilate tries to be neutral here. He's like, okay, this is your deal. If you wanna crucify him, that's on you. No, Pilate, he's the one that had the final say. You can't be neutral when it comes to Jesus. If you've been zoning out, pay attention right now. Because this is important. You can't be neutral. You cannot. Jesus doesn't give you that option. His statements about himself are too bold. There's no neutral option. You can't just say, I'm just going to live my life and I'll pray to God sometimes. Me and God, like, we're cool. He's my man upstairs and he's got my back, but I'm going to do my own thing at the same time. You can't be neutral. Jesus says you can't have two masters. The Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. God wants a bride. He doesn't want a side chick. But so many people in the church think, oh, I'll just be God's side chick and I'm gonna hold hands with God right here and I'm gonna hold hands with the world in my other hand. But God wants us to be faithful to him. Jesus says you can't have two masters. You must love one or hate the other. Do you love Jesus or do you love the world? Do you love one? Do you hate the other? Jesus or Barabbas? You have to make a choice. Wickedness or righteousness? You can't just say, I'm innocent. Here's the good news. This is the gospel. Barabbas was not innocent, but Jesus was. Here's what this means for you. This is what this means for you. Whatever you choose determines what you lose. The people made a choice. The priests made a choice. Pilate made a choice. You have to make a choice. But there's one other person that made a choice here. Jesus made a choice. Because Jesus, we even read, he said to Pilate, he's like... When Jesus was arrested, he said, I can bring a bunch of angels right now and we could, I could just wipe you all out. But Jesus made a choice. Here's the choice that Jesus made for you. Jesus lost his life because he chose you. What you choose determines what you lose. Jesus chose you. He didn't have to choose you. Jesus didn't have to choose you. But he chose you. For God so loved you so much. That he came down, became a man. He lived the perfect life that you and me could not live. He died the criminal's death that you deserved. You are Barabbas. Barabbas was guilty. Barabbas was the criminal. Jesus was innocent. Somebody was going to be free. Either Barabbas or Jesus. Jesus died in Barabbas' place. Barabbas deserved to die. Jesus did not. But Jesus died in Barabbas' place place. Philippians 2 says that Jesus died a criminal's death on the cross. Who's the criminal? It's me. It's you. Jesus died your death. He took your punishment for your sin. Every lust you've ever done, every sin you've ever committed, every bad thought, everything you've ever said, every time you've hurt somebody else. I don't know. You list all the sins, even the deepest, darkest sins, those deep secrets that maybe not a lot of people know about you, but you know deep down in your heart Jesus loved you in the middle of that moment and he chose to lose his life because he loved you so much that he died for your sin in your place. And Friday was good because Sunday was coming. He rose from the grave because he died your death, your criminal's death. When he rose from the grave, that means he defeated your death. He defeated your death that separated you from God. But you have to choose. You have to choose if you want to trust in Jesus. You have to choose if you want to say, God, I'm done living this way. I'm done following my path. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to follow Jesus because this way is not working out for me. Jesus paid it all. There's nothing that you can do. Your good deeds add nothing to it. They are filthy rags. Pilate in verse 22, he said, What should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? What choice should I make? Tonight, what will you choose? You can't be neutral, you have to make a choice. Let's bow our heads in an attitude of prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, you can be praying right now. Um, Where are you at spiritually? Whether you're a believer or, or, or this is the first time you've even heard a message like this before. Where are you at with God? I want you to know wherever you're at right now with God The furthest away from God you can get is one prayer. God is ready to wash you in his grace. God is ready to wash you in his forgiveness. And it doesn't matter how many times you ever mess up, you are permanently saved, you are permanently forgiven when you turn and trust in Jesus. And tonight, if there's anyone that wants to do that, with every head bowed and eye closed, would you just raise your hand right where you're at? If you want to trust in Jesus, If you want to turn from your sin and say, God, I love you. I see you guys. You can put your hands down. Church family, if you're a Christian, you've been a believer, or if you want to trust in Jesus right now for the first time, all of us, I want all of us to pray this together out loud. This prayer of salvation. Say, Jesus, Jesus. please forgive me for my sin. I believe that you died in my place. I believe you rose from the dead dead. and defeated my death. death. I I want to follow you. I give my life to you.